Hey guys, this is Mike with Sharing in the Disruption Podcast. We are here discussing innovation and technology and how to invest in it and make lots of money. So listen up and let's get this started. Hey guys, this is Mike with Sharing in the Disruption Podcast, and this is a special episode. I got together with um, an acquaintance, Leif, and uh, he reached out to me because he has some experience in crypto mining, and I kind of got his story on how he got into investing first and then got into the crypto world. As you guys probably know, I have gotten into investing as like being a self-taught investor. Um, and so, you know, if I can do it, you guys can too. I started about a couple of years ago and I really made some mistakes starting off. And I really just started educating myself and teaching myself a lot of stuff. And then uh, there was like a correction that happened right after I first started investing and I like did the newbie thing and sold a lot off. Uh, but it served me really well going into the pandemic because I'd already experienced that. And I'd been like, Oh man, that's not what you do. And I held everything. And I would say that's my greatest success was not selling a thing going into the pandemic and actually buying that whole time. And I'm not a genius or anything like that. I would say it's really easy for people, especially this past year after the pandemic. I think there's a lot of people on social media or just going around uh, that think they're geniuses. And it's easy to be like, oh, the market just goes straight up or everybody's a genius. But I really am convicted in saying that I, I think like, you really find what you're made of when the market is doing what it's doing right now, which is a, you know, I actually recorded this podcast before this all started, but um, you, you really figure out what you're made of when this is happening. And it's, it's easy to be a genius, a so-called genius while things are going up. And I've seen it so much on like Facebook and stuff. It's like, to the moon, I'm putting all this money. And then the same people that were talking about how much money they were putting into all this different stuff, suddenly when you have a 10% pullback or even like a 5%, they're bailing out. And, you know, this isn't about memes and having diamond hands or anything silly like that. This is, um, this is just having conviction. Like you shouldn't have diamond hands or whatever they say. If, um, you know, if you just bought something on a whim, uh, but it's about having like doing research and that's what this podcast is about and having a lot of conviction in what you get so that when you have that big dip, you don't have any regrets and you just keep adding to that position or maybe you like, I've been selling a little bit and reallocating to other places uh, that I see more potential, but I haven't pulled any money out of the market. 
and I've actually been adding to it. So I say like hold firm. Um, don't be afraid to adjust money. I had a friend that called me the other day and she said, you know, like I'm worried about the market dropping. I said, well, I don't think you should be like, this is just what it does. And then I asked what her allocation was and she had like 90% in Tesla or something like that. And I was like, Oh, well, I would definitely be spread out. <laughs> and um, hopefully she took my advice and kind of got her money more dispersed. I said, you know, 20 to 30 stocks, like that's a good, good thing to have and have about three to 5% in each. And I wouldn't let it go much up, up more than that. And if you're well diversified, then you really don't have much to worry about. So I know that was a little rant, but uh, this, this interview, I think it went really well with Leif. And I think he adds a lot of context to crypto. That's something I know a little less about than a lot of other like stocks and stuff. And I, I mention it, but uh, I try to really write down some good questions for him. And I'd like to dig more in depth into it in the future. So if you guys have any questions and you want to know more about certain topics, I'm going to start. Uh, I want this to be a hybrid kind of podcast to where I, you know, I talk, uh, you know, dig into a stock or some like some issue. But then I want to interview people because I think people add a lot more to it than just me sitting there talking. And I'm even, I set up uh, Twitter today, which I just really never saw much of use for it, but they uh, are doing something like Clubhouse. And I want to explore some of the features of having like, kind of like a thing where, you know, eventually we could have like a chat and and talk about stuff. And so I'm, I'm always exploring new ways to, uh, to delve into different features of different things and have a more engaged conversation about stuff. So I don't know everything, uh, but I, I uh, meet with people and talk with people that, that can bring different insights. And with that, let's get into the podcast and uh, listening to the interview with Leif. And this was, this went very long. So I actually split it up into two different podcasts. Uh, so we'll, we're going to have the, the first part on this podcast and then the, the next part will be released in a subsequent podcast. All right, guys. Well, let's get into it. Thank you. Um, welcome to Sharing in the Disruption podcast. Uh, this is Leif. And Leif reached out to me, uh, wanted to talk about kind of his experience with mining. And he probably wants me to frame it as like he's not, he's not a, a mining guru expert, but he's he dabbles in it. And uh, I'll, let, I'll let him tell you uh, what he's done in that. But Leif, uh, I guess uh, I wanted to ask you some questions about your experiences with investments, uh, investing in the stock market, because that's kind of a lot what this podcast is about. Uh, I wanted to talk with you about mining, because we talk about crypto a little bit. And I don't have the best understanding of mining. And I think a lot of people, it's, it's a little ambiguous. Maybe they invest in Bitcoin because they've heard a lot about it. Yeah. Ethereum, and a lot of people know nothing. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself, know nothing about all the altcoins and things like that. So maybe you can, uh, I wanted to have you on here to kind of speak to it. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks for uh, having me on, Mike. It's uh, great to be a part of your um, podcast. And, uh, but yeah, um, I guess uh, 
did you want me to talk about like investing or more mining right now and how I let, let I'll set it up real quick. All right. Um, yeah. So Leif, since, since uh, you were on here kind of, cause we were talking about mining, maybe you could uh, just get us started in, did you get into uh, Bitcoin and mining first or did you get into investing first? Uh, it would definitely have been investing, but um, yeah, I just remember uh, I really knew nothing about the markets uh, for a long time until uh, I would say about 20, uh, 2011 or 2012 is when I first started delving into the stock market. But uh, I remember even like when we were, uh, you know, in college in 2008, I didn't even realize how the severity of the situation. I mean, I, I had heard about it, but looking back on it now, I'm like, wow, it really was bad. Um, you know, yeah, that's an interesting uh, point. That was kind of my, yeah, I kind of always thought like our system was pretty stable and yeah, I didn't know much about stocks. I thought they were just super boring. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard uh, about people listening to stocks, my eyes glazed over, but I remember that, like, I remember they were even camped out in Boone where we went to college and mm -hmm. uh, I went out there just to like write about it for the school newspaper actually. And I oh, saw really? it in Raleigh when I was in Raleigh, there's people all camped out and I was like, Oh, this is a big deal. But I didn't really understand it at the time. Did you? Not really. And no. We're talking about the housing crisis. Yeah. Yeah. No, not much at all. Um, I definitely, I think my, my dad lost his job. Unfortunately, my mom had a more stable job, but uh, it was definitely tough times for sure. Um, yeah, actually, uh, we, we have a mutual friend, Nick, uh, he does financial yeah. advising mm -hmm. and he, he, I remember listening to him. He said, uh, they lived out in Palo Alto and mm -hmm. his, his dad lost, I think his job during the tech bubble. Yeah. I think so. That, I, that seemed to be very impressionable on him and what drove him into finance. So uh, yeah. I think a lot of people got driven into finance after the financial crisis or at the housing crisis. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah cool hearing Nick's uh he has a good reason for you know wanting to be a financial advisor I'd say you know living through all that um mm -hmm. the the tech bubble and everything like that but um but yeah I'll probably uh, ask him ask him in retrospect whether he's cool with bring him <laughs> <laughs> after it's published I'll be like oh by the way I name drop yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, uh, I, I kind of dabbed when I first got into the uh, market, um, I did what most people do. And well, I know you didn't do this, Mike, but uh, the first thing I um, got my hands on were penny stocks, which obviously is, I don't even want to really touch a penny stock with a 10 foot pole, except maybe in very no, rare. mention it because I know a ton of people that do some. I know somebody yeah. that literally bought a stock when I worked at a restaurant because it was the cheapest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bought, like, I mean, like, you think about it, it's like, it's only a penny. Like, all it has to do is go to, you know, two pennies and you double your money. Right, you buy like $200 and you're a millionaire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I did that. I Yeah, I messed around with penny socks for, and learning the markets a little bit. And I was involved, I think the first sock I ever bought was, uh, I still remember the ticker and everything. It was uh, Sigma Labs, S-G-L-B. And it was this huge pump and dump thing. And Did you know what they did at all? I kind of did, and uh, they 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 did. Um, they supposedly were into three D printing, and they were trying to get like a contract with like GE Aviation or something. And they were doing like, uh, what's it called? Like where where you three three D print parts, and you know it's less waste and everything. And but uh, 
and so I was, which is I'm actually like, a good industry to invest in, but if, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it had uh, no chance, no shot in hell, it's yeah, ex exactly. And uh, but like, yeah, they they were involved in a pump and dump, I think, and I think they're still traded to this day. I I I look at it every once in a while, but um, and then after that, uh, I kind of got into um, pharmaceutical companies, uh, like biotech companies, and. I'd, I found I've learned a lot of things along the way. And one lesson I learned is uh, um, to invest in things that you actually are, have interest in or you are knowledgeable in. And, uh, or if you can do a lot, of, it just makes it so you don't have to do as much research and stuff like that. Um, That's what Warren that was, Buffett says. And it's more enjoyable. Yeah, it is more enjoyable. Exactly. For sure. I'm sure you enjoy doing all the research with the EV stuff and, yeah, I don't and, invest and in biotechs for multiple reasons, but one is because I, I just don't really enjoy reading about... Yeah, exactly. Drugs <laughs> like, and I don't know, like, and it's just like, it just seems like a crapshoot whether or not it's the drug gets, you know, approved and it goes on to phase three or whatever. And Well, if you want to be in something like that, I would say use an ETF. Like, yeah, exactly, that's yeah. the things you know, like, I know a lot about electric cars and solar and I, I do like really small companies sometimes. Yeah. But with, with biotech, I'm like, I want to be in it. So I'll yeah, just yeah. do an ETF where they research it for me. And the biotech, man, uh, this 2020 was the year for biotech. I feel like, like, man, those stocks really did crush it. But if, if you somehow had that early on, but then there was like people just bundling into Pfizer or something just because yeah. once the news is there, it's like too late to really benefit from it, you know? Yeah, yeah um i yeah i i kind of um the one thing that made it difficult for me to invest in pharmaceutical companies is uh i feel like they're they they are unprofitable for you know years and years and years and years and then maybe that one time time they find the drug that they can you know get approval for and they can actually make money off but it, it seems pretty risky but yeah i think investing in an etf like you said would be smarter in that arena they're really popular among swing traders because they're unstructured yeah. like most other stocks most other stocks like are either a good company or they're not and they slowly go up or like maybe i mean there's news but biotechs purposely have this stair step pattern where um mm. they take on a lot of debt to finance all this research yeah. um and they have to go through a phase one trial and then you might see this big pop and then they might crash after that. And then they yeah, yeah. still have to go through all these. So you, if you, I mean, people speculate to try to catch those stair steps, but yeah, 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 for sure. Me, that's a tough game. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then after, so yeah, after messing around with biotech, I was pretty impatient too. I, I think I remember being in like a stock for like a few months and I think I lost money and that was it for me. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, I don't know. And, uh, but then after that, I, I think, um, uh, I kind of in 2015 or 2016, I started hearing about, uh, was the first time I ever heard about Bitcoin. And that was actually through a kind of funny event where I play, um, a little, I, I was playing a online poker tournament and I actually mm -hmm. got second place and the website I was playing on at the time allowed you to withdraw your earnings through a bitcoin like a wallet or address or something did you and do all of your winnings in bitcoin yeah yeah 
and I didn't know what it was at the time though. And, uh, and then like, I would, um, I didn't realize how, what, what year was this? 2016. That was a pretty good year to buy Bitcoin. Yeah, it was, I still remember looking back on it. I think it, at that point it was uh, $800 a coin. Yeah. And, uh, and I kept looking at my like Bitcoin wallet or whatever, and still not knowing fully what I was, what I was doing and the, the value you must of, have had some level of conviction though to buy it like to get all well, your winnings i don't know how much your winnings I, were but i'd be like give me that shit in cash like well that was the thing i think the only option was to to or it was like the cheapest option or something i did it for some reason other than not like i i think it may have been like literally the fastest option or the cheap like i still i didn't mm. do because i was like oh bitcoin like yeah um I just did it because it was like the easiest and fastest or something. Yeah. So it wasn't conviction based. Yeah, all. exactly. Okay. Exactly. I was like, okay, I can get it like this fast. And all right. And so I kept looking at my account value every, so every couple of days and, and I would keep going up and up and up. And I was like, what is going on? Like, and then, so then I researched into it and found out about Bitcoin a little bit through doing this whole um, thing. But, uh, and um yeah, I think I sold all of it when it hit 1400. Once again, not knowing what I had at all. So you doubled? doubled. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, maybe not yeah. a little less than double, but. Uh, but you sold it before the crash, right? Well. In 2017? Like when? Yeah, well, it, so this was, I think I sold it on the, on the, as it was going up. So I could have made a ton. A lot more money um and i that i this was before yeah like yeah before the crash and i think after like it was about a year after that is when it probably hit about uh like ten thousand or something i'll have to go back and look at the price but no i think it maxed out at 17 18 19 yeah yeah that's right that's right (laughs) you're like oh yeah yeah but you still Um, double your money that's yeah and you didn't know about and you just got like I mean, from winning a game, like that's pretty cool. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it was it was a learning experience for sure, and uh, and then I kind of did some research. Did and, you keep up with it? Yeah, yeah, uh, and then I yeah, I was starting to like learn about about like mining, and I was like, my mining like that seems like it would be pretty cool to get into. Like, you literally don't have to do anything, and you just get money. And I was like, I kind of want to look into this, so did some research and. Uh, figured out about the or found out about these um, ASIC miners, which are applications uh, soft like specific integrated. Now, how did you get into that first? Because I thought it was my impression was it yeah. was used, and that's why Nvidia and AMD went up. Yeah, you're right. You're now right. So, I'm not noticing a big pop in their stock. Yeah. So um, yeah, you're right. So they're um, yeah in the early days before uh-huh. I even knew about Bitcoin and had and whatnot um you're right they uh the miners did use use actually cpus um and gpus um i think they use cpus for bitcoin and gpus have always been used for ethereum do you know what when ethereum was released by the way i have no idea i know it was like it was like a russian or ukrainian guy yeah 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 um, or something yeah they actually know was it 2013 i don't know what I've... yeah i feel like it was 2013 but um but yeah, you're right though. The graphics cards were used in the well, first. Well, I think eight. they're still, because uh, 
Jensen Wong came out with NVIDIA and he said that they're they're making a specific yeah, yeah, yeah. chip I saw for that. just Ethereum. Yeah. Yep. So I think they're I still buy involved it. in Ethereum. But that, I want to buy some. If, they, if I can get my hands on some, I'm going to buy some. The NVIDIA chips? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're right. Um, but then as, as the uh, difficulty, um, as the... I, I, when when ASIC miners were um, invented and released by can you explain the ASIC miner? Yeah, so I am gonna try to like a, um, explain it as easily as I can. But it, essentially, it's like a big calculator that it's like a computer that's a that only does ca like math calculations and tries to solve like um, calculations essentially. And um, is there an inefficiency with a GPU because it's made for doing other things? Yeah, the GPUs are uh, are more for um, Ethereum mining, and um, which I've actually been researching a lot more recently. And I'm going to get more into that. Actually, I'm, I think I want to switch over. To Wasn't it in their name like graphics processing units? They're meant to process like rendering graphics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They're not specific just to. Yeah. So so exactly. So then, when the ASIC miners were released or invented it from like the Chinese companies. The difficulty went up so much, I think, uh, that the graphics card, the people who use graphics cards had to literally stop because their hashing power was so low. Like, I, if I had to guess, I would say um, one of these ASIC miners did probably like what 20 graphics cards would do, like the first one. So, okay, so that's a good point. So you're saying in China, they, they developed a better way to mine it so yeah. they were just stealing all the market share of mining yeah, yeah. blocks. And so exactly. people in the US had to keep up and they had to switch over to ASIC mining. Yeah. Yeah. And or just so the Chinese because, like innovated. Yeah. And we had to keep up actually. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or else if I mean you literally would be losing money, but uh or you had to switch to a different kind of yeah. crypto, right? Because you yeah, said they're yeah. specific. Too. Yeah, and that's why Ethereum actually, I think that's one of the reasons why Vlad uh he the, the cool thing about ethereum is and why people like to mine it is because they actually made it so that the coding the, the algorithm um asic miners it's can't mine it um so they literally so you literally have to have graphics cards to, to mine ethereum there is like one that i don't even really know if it's considered an asic miner but they're very hard to get your hands on and they're it's essentially, I think it like 99% of the miners are probably mining with graphics cards for Ethereum. But uh, yeah, so uh, I started um, looking uh, into- Do you mine Bitcoin? Uh, right now I'm mining uh, Litecoin mm -hmm. um, only because I uh, bought these like Litecoin miners as a as like a thing just to do on for fun uh essentially like speculative mining is what they call it uh because when i've got them it was actually not profitable to mine uh but if you mined and got these coins and then the price goes up by double which is obviously going to happen one way or the other right mm -hmm. um you essentially all those coin all those uh coins that you mine you are now profitable so you essentially are just get betting or hoping that the price will keep going up. And so like, so it's kind of not, not a lot of people do that. And, uh, but now though, on the, right now, the market has changed 
tremendously and the profitability has gone up a lot and because it's gone up in price or are you talking yeah it's dropped down from its high mostly uh mostly the price going up and the difficulty hasn't gone up as much as the price has so it's kind of like a ratio between the price of the of whatever coin and the mm-hmm. difficulty which you can look up on like these websites you can literally just type in like bitcoin difficulty litecoin difficulty and it'll tell you how much you were telling me a website that tells you like like yeah, if somebody was looking to get into yeah. mining like yeah what, what to mine.com what to mine.com yeah it's a great website you can literally uh plug in your like uh what graphics cards you have or what ASIC miners you have in your hashing power, and then you plug in your electricity. And with those two things, you can actually scroll down a whole list. It'll tell you everything um, of like what coins you can mine and uh, if it's profitable or not. Mm-hmm. And um, something that's kind of cool is uh, the the top the top one is usually always uh, nice hash, which is like a. It, I tried using I've tried using it in the past. But um, I stopped. I don't know why, because they pay you more. But essentially, what they do is you are you literally like loan out your hashing power to them, and they use it for something. They hash or they mine or something, and they actually pay you back. So you're not mining. That's directly. what you were telling me, right? Is you yeah. could take two routes. You could like take on a risky like yeah solo mine every so often, and then you yeah. get a block, and then you get paid yeah. Or you could just like loan out your hashing power and you get a consistent dividend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, There's mining. Yeah. Mining pools. But didn't you tell me that if you calculate it up and actually you would have made more money. I would have had, I think I would have had. You look a little sore, but. Yeah. I I think I would have had 50. This is more for people to know. Like, yeah. I, yeah. The, the one of my, I I had. There's different strategies. Yeah. And one of them uh, actually mine had mined uh two blocks and uh which is pretty crazy um you're so saying I that's rare though like it is hard it's very difficult it's, okay it's, so you it's would probably very, be better off doing yeah the pools the pools are more consistent and they actually um give you a, a reward some of them do most of them do uh they pay you more than like like 100 percent. so they'll give you like 110 percent yeah. of a payout and that's and, a good point is the pools, because I thought like originally people were doing it on their computers and then like people were doing it more as like a um, kind of a big, like a bunch of rigs put together. And then I thought it just like you got priced out and I thought it was only like companies that were doing warehouses of these things. But yeah. you're saying you were you told me that and shows what I know uh, that all these things can get you can get join a pool and then you just as a collective, you're pulling all your resources together. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, and um, it's, I was, uh, it's kind of cool. It's, it's important for there to be a lot of pools too, because I was just found this out, but essentially if three, like if, if the three biggest pools teamed up together, which they would never do this, but if they did, they could essentially send like bad blocks to the blockchain and could like screw up the bitcoin that way and so like if they have like if they own like 51 percent of the mining power or something like that they can send like bad so it's important to have these pools that are separated and like so that they can't you do serious this. well that's yeah. that's interesting because i mean like when i think about investing in bitcoin i try to think about like 
what potential things could derail it yeah yeah that that would be one but it's very rare i mean china could essentially do that couldn't they yeah i like it's that's that would be i think that's the scariest existential because i was thinking like what if china i mean china can just say like the u.s probably isn't going to ban it because there's um there's so many institutions now that are running in it but then in China, like if they saw it as a threat to their fiat currency or something, the yen or whatever, mm. they could just be like, oh, no more Bitcoin. I, I think, think they'll I, keep it because they have like, a mono- like they're doing really good at it. As yeah. I think they see it as a power thing because they've been buying like gold before that. But essentially you're saying, could they, I mean, maybe yeah. they could like buy up enough blocks. Like could that, you think maybe yeah. that could be an existential threat? That, that's definitely a a threat for sure um but it, it, it would it's very it's it would be like a i don't know one in a million chance i would say you know what i mean but it's a, it's it's a possibility you know it's not no i just think people have to think through like um i buy it and but i do keep it as a uh like five percent three to five percent in my portfolio or something because yeah yeah you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket especially like there's not for a hundred sure. percent chance it's as like evangelical as people yeah. are about it like i see value in it but mm. like there's people hyping it like crazy on the internet so it is yeah it's you have to know there's some risk to it <laughs> yeah it's pretty nuts to see uh the price you know tripling almost i'd say in about two months or less than two months well we went from twenty thousand to sixty thousand, but i think some of it's legit and some of it's hype like I think like they're printing money like crazy. Uh, yeah. have, have you seen gold's actually going down and um, yeah, yeah, like people are pulling their money out of gold to put in Bitcoin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Plus, I think with uh, companies putting it like putting money into it, like off their balance sheet, like Tesla, like you don't. I think that actually could make the market cap of Bitcoin bigger than gold because you don't have like Microsoft pulling you know, like 2% of their or portion, $2 billion off their balance sheet and putting it into gold. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. I think it actually could have a lot more power. And if it was caught up with gold, I think, wouldn't it be like $10 trillion or something? Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, just, I'm sure that there'll be another company like Tesla or MicroStrategy in the near future. I but, think the floodgates have opened for that. Yeah, yeah. Um. I had something down written down. You said uh, nice hash. Is that yeah? So that's one that is. Oh, a, that's that's the pool, right? Well, so uh, it's um, the the pool that um, I use is uh, was called uh, LitecoinPool.org, mm-hmm. and it was actually created by the um, founder of Litecoin, Charlie Lee, believe it or not, um, and uh, which some people uh, despise him for. Did, selling uh all of his litecoin when the price was like 350 dollars like three years ago but um but yeah i mean he sold I, all I, of it he he sold uh, uh yeah all of his litecoin but he, he said it was uh for it was, it was so that he could focus on the growth of litecoin and not have to worry about the price and stuff which i sort of believe him but um mm. Yeah, I would be nervous if like Elon sold all his shares of Tesla. <laughs> like, I yeah, don't know. yeah, yeah. But yeah, that that caused the price to drop 
like crazy. That's what like, every pump and dump person said. Well, I was yeah. getting uh, Chamath Palihapitiya. He like brought um, Virgin Galactic public, so he has to invest all this money in his own, uh, uh, all of his own, a lot of his own money, um, and then he pulled a lot of money out of Virgin Galactic and everybody was like freaking out. And he's like, oh, really? oh, I'm just putting it into other things. And it's like, maybe, maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> I don't know. Is that, is that the, wait, is that the guy, the Facebook mm -hmm. executive? I've been seeing him around all over the place. He and was, I really, yeah, he's I really like him. Now. You know, he's, he's a really interesting guy. He's bringing a lot of interesting companies public. He does a podcast, uh, Oh yeah, I think I was—I've seen some clips of it. It's um—it's a bunch of guys that play poker together. Dude, you know? I was just gonna say I saw him playing poker, was, and I loved—I I love playing. It's called poker. All In. I'll, I'll, oh really? Yeah, it's a really great podcast. I got Nick to listen to it. He loves it. Really? Um, oh yeah, wow. I really I'll like it because they have—they uh, all play poker together. It's a bunch of guys that are investors and uh, founders and uh, a bunch of different. They do a bunch of different stuff. Chamas in it. And they just, uh, they have completely different views on politics and like social issues and things. Uh, and so, but it's usually it's pretty like, you know, civil and balanced and things like that. But sometimes they get a little heated. It's interesting to see all yeah. these different opinions. I've seen, I've seen him play poker on like a show called, uh, I think Poker After Dark, uh, which yeah. is like, um, and I just saw that like, online the other day and um made me uh think highly of him because i love playing poker i don't get to play it much anymore because i'm like i don't know don't have much free time anymore and um but uh yeah that he, he seems like a cool guy he i mean he uh if we want to switch subjects and go over to the gamestop thing he did he also bought gamestop i was wanting to talk about options, poker I, <laughs> I was gonna oh, say yeah. there's a lot of parallels um I think oh, poker, because yeah. poker is one of my favorite ways. Like, I'm not a big gambler, but if I'm going to gamble, like, I love, like, Risk and uh, mm -hmm. Monopoly and stuff like that. If I'm going to gamble, I want there to be some skill to it. Like, yeah, the combination is, yeah. of, like, like manipulation of people, of, mm -hmm. uh, like, holding your, the way you hold yourself, the awareness, uh, skills, and luck. But, like, I mean, there is a, an element in the stock market of, of luck and skill and it's not just straight up like so that's more compared to actual good investing mm -hmm. um whereas i feel like doing a slots that's more like what people are doing with you know the yeah. dumps and stuff like that i have to um so I, po poker might hone your skills in like certain areas of the stock market i think yeah i i have a funny um example of i can talk about real quick about a me getting sort of lucky in the stock market um and it wasn't it was i did actually buy um gamestop calls and made some money on that but after that i bought uh amy amc call options before the whole thing like this whole thing happened and the i bought them on a friday because you thought they were a good company or because you thought you make money so i actually thought <laughs> i would make i wasn't planning on holding it that long but i i always had their ticker i always had their um ticker on my like yahoo finance thing mm -hmm. and i've always looked at it every once in a while like man that that price seemed seems like kind of low and it was like literally at two dollars a share and i was yeah. like i'm just gonna buy um three dollars i think i bought uh i can't remember the exact strike price but i bought some call options like two dollars or three dollars and they it had like 
six months of expiration or so until they expired or maybe even a year. I'll have to go back and look, but essentially though, I bought them on a Friday mm-hmm. and then literally the news broke about the vaccine. Um, like this would have been, I think in like October or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And the stock market, as you remember, like popped like crazy that day and their stock went up like 50 to 60%. Um, I went all the way up to like 360 or something. Like I bought in at two and I sold my call options um, and made it like a hundred percent profit. But, uh, but like I said, that's like sort of lucky because I, I didn't expect to, like I expected, I was, I was actually buying it because I was like, I feel like people are going to be going back to movies again. I looking back on that now, I was kind of wrong on that sense or on that front, mm-hmm. but I, I, got, I would say I got pretty lucky with the news of the vaccine coming out that like one, literally one day, bef- like after I bought into this and I was like, oh man, I didn't realize I was going to be in and out of this like that quick, but that's cool. But yeah, we should say biggest wins and losses. Cause my yeah. biggest loss probably is that I was gifted. Um, so when I signed up for Robin hood, you get a free stock. Oh, yeah. I got, I got GameStop. <laughs> And then uh, I got two friends to join. So I got Zynga and GameStop again. I was like, why do they keep giving me this shit? <laughs> like, it was literally like $3 a stock at the time. <laughs> and so, I mean, like well, five would have gone to like. It's so funny. You, you said you, when you told me that the other day, uh, I, I saw it like online as well. It was like some, somewhere online, it was like, you, you might have been gifted a share of GameStop by Robinhood. Like you might oh have yeah, they were giving out like candy. Really they funny. don't want to give you like Apple or anything. They thought it was yeah. ridiculous, I think. Um, well, honestly, I knew a bull case for GameStop at the time. So I think GameStop was a combination. It's obviously in hype, uh, ridiculousness. I may get hate for this, but it's. I think most people agree it's not worth like $400 a share. They're like, GameStop to the moon, thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Like, there's no way that company is gonna turn. Okay, they get the guy from Chewy and all. Yeah, they could turn around to like they won't go insolvent. And they can maybe become a decent company. Yeah, it maybe three hundred after like years and years and years. But who wants that ride when there's like yeah. secure ones? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I did see that Michael Burry invested in them. Oh, did, oh did. Yeah, that's the guy from The Big Short, right? Everybody says Christian Bale because it was, he, yeah, Christian Bale played him in The Big Short. Yeah, like the actual Big Short guy. I mean, he he did a lot of research and apparently deep fucking value did a lot of research. <laughs> like, um, and there so, was a case for like, yeah, like they don't deserve to be like three or five dollars, but yeah. maybe 20 to 50. So I, I bought, I, I, I actually did buy GameStop calls, um, literally in uh in june of latin 2020 and mm-hmm. literally i the only reason i did it was because of um my um was because of the new consoles coming out that was like my number one like that was another part of the thesis and that made a lot of sense yeah and because like i kind of looked at their stock price like when the when new consoles came out and like i literally you could literally see like when the you know xbox 360 came out their price went up and like and then it's and then it fizzled out after years after everyone has their xbox that they need and all their games yeah. that they want and occasionally there's a new game that comes out but uh, but all the good like all the 
console sales are fizzling out. And so, but it, it's kind of cyclical, you know what I mean? With uh, yeah, Why would hedge funds short going into a giant console? I know that's what that's, I, that's I the dumb part to me. I couldn't, it's like, that's the, that's the, I think they were betting there. I think they thought that the, um, that the digital console, cause like I, I was doing a lot of research into this too. And uh, yeah. the Xbox had a digital version and um yeah but it, i mean version. it's like cloud gaming is available but it hasn't taken over anything it like yeah. these adoption things take a long time it's like blockbuster there's actually a strategy where there's whole companies that just buy other companies that are in distress because people usually overestimate how quick a company fails and games are uh, blockbuster limped along for a long time yeah yeah jc yeah. penny like mm-hmm. i mean you could have like shorted. That's why I wouldn't yeah. short because you, you don't know how long a company can limp along. Like yeah. there's plenty of companies I wouldn't invest in. I think yeah. AT&T, Ford, like a lot of major companies are ticking time bombs, but they'll probably like limp around for another 50 years. And then. Yeah. I, I, I've shorted in the past, but when I was like learning about stocks and I don't really short anymore, the only time I will like in a sense sort of short is buying puts uh, like yeah. put options where do you think the price will go down and that's the only time because there's like way less risk in that it, when buying puts versus shorting and as you know like because when you short a company your your liability is literally unlimited because the price can keep going up as we saw with GameStop and those hedge funds losing billions of dollars because of that mm-hmm. and that's why you don't short because that can happen um, I think there is I think this anti-hedge fund though is detrimental i listened so i was listening to a podcast and i actually it made me think about something different is there's a good freaking way like i was like my initial reaction was like ban shorting and then i was like uh, i was listening to this guy and he was talking about how him and some other guys were um they go around and they do research mm-hmm. on companies that are doing really messed up corrupt things mm-hmm. and he's like dude we've had death threats like all kinds of stuff you think about uh Theranos with Elizabeth Holmes, Nikola Motors. Mm-hmm. That was actually yeah. one of my wins this year. I bought that at twenty. Oh, really? I bought it at twenty dollars because I knew it was. I saw the hype around it. I sold it about I think like seventy eight dollars. I, I like totally missed out on that whole thing. I don't know why. Like well, I, 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 I got a little I, bit. I, bought, I wrote it up. It got like bumped. like what happened though? Like it, like the founder like what left or something they never or... made a vehicle that worked okay um okay, okay. so it was a spac uh you're familiar with the spacs i just looked into uh spacs like literally last night so it's like they it's like a they, like check company it's like a shell corporation yeah. that like they file for an ipo and they do all the paperwork it's just and easier to do it that do way they search for a company to merge with yeah and then they take on the name of the company they acquire that's how virgin galactic and a lot of other companies have gone public so they did this with nikola and that guy had the audacity to like he was like trying to sue tesla for uh like name infringement is obviously he copied them um this guy was like a complete charlatan he like he uh I guess you can talk bad about people who can't see you. I'm like, what? I don't give care. Like, um, like it's to like make that much money as he did. He's sitting happy right now. But he, like, so they raised all this money and they're saying they have a hydrogen powered, which I'm really into alternative fuels. So I get really offended when people do like a fake uh, thing. It like hits me personally. Um, it's like if you were a doctor and you saw uh, Theranos like pump this like fake medical cure thing. 
Um, but so they were going to have, they were going to partner with like BP and create all this hydrogen infrastructure. And they were going to partner with GM to release this. They said they were going to partner with GM and that fell through to release to GM was going to make a car and essentially print their name on the side. Um, oh, wow. They were making the semi truck. That was the main thing they were hyping made of hydrogen. They said how it was going to be cheaper than electric ones. It's going to beat out any of Tesla's electric semis. And they had this whole, I mean, they presented some sort of business model. Then this uh, company that was shorting them, Hindenburg Research, uh -huh. so I think it's a pretty great name. Um, they they uh, released this whole thing saying that the truck on the stage was like plugged in and they like, you could zoom in and see a power cord really? going into the stage. Oh so it was, and then they, they took, they rolled a truck to the top of a hill in the desert and rolled it down. And then they're like, the video was like Nikola in motion. And they were like, Oh, but we didn't like, literally I was waiting to see like how he was going. I knew it was BS the company, but I was like, I want to see how he explains all this stuff. And he, his excuse for that was literally our video says in motion. It doesn't say it's driving its own, it's under its own power. And like, I was like, man, this company is done, but they're still like valued at their peak. They were like 40 to $50 billion. Now they're still at like $8 billion. I think. Really? Yeah. How? Because uh, people buy, you could just dress up shit, and, or apparently right now, and like people will buy it. You know. Have you heard of um, Citron Research? They're uh, uh, they're another company that like will. Wait, they're the ones that was involved with GameStop, though. Yep, yep. I think I, GameStop I, didn't make sense, but I think these companies deserve to be short if they're fake bad companies. What were you saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Enron, for instance, is a good example of yeah a company that everything's up but uh you gotta yeah, have but, somebody uh, you can't scare everybody off of shorting because yeah, like yeah. what what if people did that on nicola and like pump that stock and kill all the shorts mm -hmm. but it's then people won't want to like actually do the research into bad companies and people just get skis you know so th the funny thing about citron is i i i had heard about them a lot in the past and they i feel like every time they announced that they were going to short a company the price would like in the short term go down, but then like he was I, for an ex he was he came out and said that um, Shopify was like fake, and I actually use Shopify for my um, e-commerce business. I do too. And I, yeah, and I was like, dude, this company is legit. Like they're actually like like I don't think he saw how legit they are were, and he, or he's as, full of crap. <laughs> Yeah, so he he tried Cause, cause shorting the stock it when, when it was to that, and he could yeah. like sell. You don't know if he's selling out. Yeah, exactly. But he he tried shorting it at like a hundred dollars a share, and as you know, it's at like I think the last time I looked, it was at thirteen hundred. You so know what? Like, I, if he was an idiot, you know what? It could have been bad research because so yeah. Shopify. A lot of people think they like sell stuff like eBay. Mm -hmm. You go to Shopify, it's for building a website. Maybe mm -hmm. he's like, they don't sell products. I'm like, yeah, that's the point. They're like the backbone that like supports I think, people that sell products. I remember one of his like cases was like Shopify was like, he, he saw them as like pumping up their like, and I can sort of see where he was coming from, but I still don't under, this is, isn't a reason to shore the company, but he was saying like that they were pumping out these like like advertisements of people who were like making like millions of dollars using Shopify. And like, he was wondering if these were like legitimate like things. And the Kardashians like, like run their, uh, their like 
I don't care about them, but they, I mean, they run like major businesses. Like there's, yeah, I know. there's like million dollar brands that have been. I know. It, I, I just didn't understand it. So like after that, I've always viewed that Citron research. I think the guy's name is Andrew Left. I mean, yeah, you can fail or you can be successful, but like with Shopify, it's completely up to you. You're like handed the tool. I, I've paid. And if Shopify you don't figure out SEO <laughs> or you don't figure out social yeah. media marketing, you're going to fucking bomb. But if you like yeah. really like it's, I mean, it's completely up to you. Like on Shopify, it's not like the yeah. they offer. A I, I literally give Shopify like hundreds of dollars every year. Uh, I wish he'd short it again so that I could buy it at a cheaper price. Man, that dude, I, hey, I Citron, remember short, <laughs> yeah. short Shopify, keep short Tesla. Like, oh. Yeah, no, he, he, everything he comes out with, is always bad, bad, bad. But well, uh, there was a company that I, I admit, I heard about on Motley Fool, if you've ever heard them. Oh yeah. It was, so they're called Nanox mm-hmm. and they supposedly came up with a machine that's supposed like when you get a x-ray, it's this big cumbersome machine. It's super expensive for a company that does x-rays and this thing apparently is like a bed you lay down on it and there's a ring that like goes over you like this and can scan you and so like their business model the thing is like 10 grand i think it's ten thousand dollars or twelve thousand dollars the the machine itself and they make most of their money off of recurring revenue so what you do is you have to commit that you're going to use a certain amount of scans per month and if you don't they just take the machine back um, what they do is they charge per scan. So they only want people that are going to use it to have the machine that are actually going to use it on a regular basis at their practice and have a good customer base. And they charge per scan, like a little bit here and there. Uh-huh. Uh, and so they make like recurrent. And they, I think there's a monthly subscription. So like, I don't know. I like, I heard about it on that there and they like went through all of their S1 and everything. And it sounded completely legit. Um, and I know they were shorted and I sold out of all of it when I saw they were shorted, like, uh, like they released a short research paper. Yeah. yeah. I sold out cause it freaked me out. Mm-hmm. And that's why you need to understand what you're buying. Whereas you bought Shopify and you know, knew it and you're like, well, screw that. Um, but I sold out and then guess what? The stock went right back up and somebody yeah. pays power, which I sold out of cause they shorted it or they released a whole paper about it. And I've used their technology on rooftops for solar and like solar people lo- live by that shit. And like, but what, what company is it you said? In phase power. Look, I mean, they went oh, okay. from $5 stock to like hundreds of dollars. Um, they've done very well, but that's why you just can't, you have to do your diligence on these people. Like some of them are real and some of them really like release some BS. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, um, do you have your eyes on any stocks after the sell-off we've seen? <laughs> mm, well, I've, I've put some money into ARK Invest because they've been like, oh yeah, you know, I've, I've, someone just told me about She's Ark, really good I, at buying know, the best I, stuff. I was going to so. ask if you heard of her, Callie Wood, right? Ooh. Or something like uh, that? Kathy Wood, yeah. Kathy Actually, Wood, I yeah, invest, yeah. I started investing in ARK Invest before the the crash from the, the Oh, really? Virus. I was, I was smart. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, they went up so much. It went yeah, up like she's up like 50%, right? She was up like 180% or something. Oh, that's in multiple ETFs before the crash. Yeah, how many do they have? Like- I actually beat her though for the year, which I was pretty happy about. Um, yeah. But I mean, she, 
yeah they're really good at what they do and yeah she was on a interview and she sorry to interrupt you she no. was talking they were asking her like are you buying more uh tesla right now this was like literally a few days ago and she's like yeah we're buying a ton of tesla right now well she explained what she does and it's really genius actually so they're like oh well like Jim Cramer is like, why the heck are you buying stuff still? He's like, you need to just close your fund and quit taking in money because there's nothing to buy. Like the feds against you and all this stuff. You can't close the ETF anyway, by the way. <laughs> um, so he looks like an idiot. But so what she did is as she start, she was saying like a couple of weeks ago, the market was looking overpriced. And so she had a lot of money in these small names and you don't want to just like, at some point you're like flooding way too much money into like nano dimension, which is a really small company or these really speculative things. So what she started doing was she had all this extra money and she got positions in companies that she usually wouldn't invest in that are like more like an Amazon or Apple or a less like risky company. And mm -hmm. she was putting it into those companies as almost like cash. Yeah. Then her stock got drop down and then now she can go shopping so she sells off things like amazon and apple or whatever and now she's buying all these like more volatile things at a much steeper discount mm -hmm. so it's actually super smart so she's trimming her positions down now huh and she's writing those losses off like oh, okay uh, so all those losses she smart. had like an amazon or whatever she's writing those off as losses she, she gets a tax break and then she's got a you know she can go shopping now with that money interesting it's a pretty good strategy that, i think yeah uh do, do they do they have like a bunch of different kinds of etfs is that what you were saying they or? have one in genomics which is if you want to be in that space i don't know anything about that but i feel like that's going to be a huge thing to make money in i don't really know much about it <laughs> yeah but i want to be in it so yeah yeah um they do a ton of research and I don't know anything about it, so I trust them. Um, mm -hmm. They have one in just innovation, which is pretty broad. Um, that's their main signature one. They have one in um, autonomous, wait, robotics and automation. They have one in FinTech. Um, yeah, she's a Bitcoin bolt too, I think, right? Yeah, well, so she, I don't think she has Bitcoin itself in any of her ETFs. She, no, she has the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust in some of her okay. stuff. So she has some exposure, but she trims it. She doesn't want it to be too much because she was yeah. buying it way early. Um, but yeah, I like when it dropped, it all happened so fast that I didn't want to like just buy things on impulse. And so I was like, you know what? She's probably ready with the whole list of stuff she's ready to buy. So I'm like, that's why I put my, and you don't get her ETF at a discount very often. So yeah. Yeah. I might actually buy some, I actually might buy some of her, their ETFs. Cause I've been, if I find some stuff I really want to buy, I can sell a little bit of her ETF and like put it into some other stuff. But yeah, I didn't want to just like impulse buy. I was actually, I know we talked about Tesla last week and I've been thinking about putting some money into the Tesla. Well, it's 20% but, down. Like, yeah. Yeah. I would. I mean, yeah. Um, okay, so I had some questions for you. Um, I guess, uh, like, are you are you in stocks right now? Do you do anything? Honestly, that? the only thing I've, I've got right now is, um, like, for my like my broker or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I use E Trade. E Trade. Um, 
you like I've never been a fan of Robin Hood. Uh, I wish just, I didn't have my money in there now. Yeah, I, I've, I've just, I always viewed them as like being the like, the Facebook of, of like brokerages where they trade your information and essentially i think i swear i've heard that they like will sometimes uh well they do payment for order flow but like disclosure is like a lot of other companies do that like there's barely any company like that's how the other companies switch to no commission too like fidelity yeah you're right you're right they they definitely did start that whole movement the no commission um but you know you know who pioneered that fun fact you know who started payment for order flow who ernie madoff Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, he actually had a legit business <laughs> in addition to his uh, pyramid scheme. And uh, yeah, wow. he actually, he started that as like a way to um, to make money, I guess. Did you know that he's in a prison in uh, in North Carolina? We should go visit him. <laughs> visit old Bernie. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ask well, him, pick his brain on some stock investment. The, the only, the only should, thing like, I'm bring in... It, but- Bring in bribes, like be like, "Hey, I'll bring you some like ho hos and some snacks if you uh, not not hoes like girls, but like can't. yeah." I I think I watched a movie. Actually, I did. I watched some movie that was uh, that was like about Bernie, and it was pretty interesting. Um, it, it was just crazy. Like his son's one, one of the few white collar people who's ever gotten arrested. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but like. I think one of he had two sons and uh one of them ended up I think as probably a lot of people probably already know this but um killed himself because he was so depressed uh from all the shit that his that his dad did to him but or put him in yeah but yeah sucks. But, um, um do you have any favorite stocks uh right now honestly I I hadn't really uh the only thing I've really put my money in right now is, is a Roth IRA. So right now I've been kind of boring. Like my portfolio has been pretty boring only because you, stocks I, in Roth IRA. you can buy individual. Yeah, right? I have, I actually did do that and I decided um, to sell them all. I, I had a lot of my money in Amazon um, and a lot of my money and I had a lot of Amazon BP, uh, Facebook um, and ebay actually mm-hmm. and ebay uh was is one company that i am bullish on um you think they'll turn around i don't really know like it just seems I, like they've kind of petered out a little bit i think I well so like so like i i sell a lot on ebay and i've noticed some things that they're doing here like they're making some tweaks here and there and they're starting to um essentially fizzle out paypal and they're they're gonna start they're, they've already started processing their own payments. Uh, so like, like they used to do because they used to own PayPal. Exactly, exactly. So they're like, oh, what? What's so now that they don't on? have this PayPal revenue, I don't know why they didn't do this sooner, like literally right after they broke. They need I'm some sure activists and investors to come in there, like uh, Ga- old yeah. GameStop. Mm-hmm. Hey, why, did you hear that guy like tweeted something and GameStop got pumped again? He tweeted like a, yeah. fro- a frog in an ice cream cone and like... <laughs> They were trying to figure out on CNBC like why <laughs> their stock went up after that. I was I, I I'm so confused why it went back up. I was not expecting that. No one was expecting it. I, don't I bet a lot of the people that lost money and like bailed. I, I hope that they. I hope there were some people who were able to sell and get whole off of that. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. The, but uh. 
eBay, the, please, another please thing. another round of people, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I've just been noticing like sales on, uh, on eBay are actually, I, I'm obviously a very tiny part of their business, but just from this tiny window that I can see. Yeah, but you're a consumer. So like the interface seems a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The interface and the just, I think more people are shopping on eBay. Um, and I think when it comes to evaluation, like there, I think I did the math and they're like, um, I'll have to like, they're, I think Amazon is like 35 times the size of eBay. And I would, I would, I would, I would, if I had to guess, I would say that's like a wrong, like eBay would have to be, could easily be doubled in that, in my eyes. You know what I mean? So the only thing I would say, are, were you comparing like the prices of the two? The market caps. Well, yeah. the thing, I, the big thing I would say is that Amazon has a huge advantage, which I think is why they should get broken up, is they have Amazon Web Services, which is actually yeah, where yeah. most of their revenue comes from. Um, yeah. which I keep hearing that. Completely subsidized. Huh? Yeah, I keep hearing that, and I like Dude. need to do more research. And Amazon Web like, Services is why they are worth that much money. It is cl- they are a cloud company. They are like they're a facade e-commerce. Like they could break yeah. even and still make shit tons of money. I think I think you're right. They're like they uh, could sell at a loss and probably put everybody else out of business if they just pull their money from their. You, um, you know they did that. Uh, with I, I've heard some, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you know the story behind that. It's really interesting. Um, okay, well, yeah, you can explain it. Uh, so this guy Mark something owned diapers.com. I don't know why Bezos picked this as his target. He wanted to acquire diapers.com, and the guy like wanted to sell it for like a certain amount. And Bezos is like, no, I want this much. And they got like, and he's like, well, I'm only buying it for this much. And so the guy's like, well, I'm not selling. So Bezos sold diapers like at a loss and pretty much to where they had to like they had to sell for a lot less Mm -hmm. and then i don't know if it's still this way if you used to type in diapers.com it would pull up amazon's website yeah yeah Yeah. i'm not even joking like that is some like for the richest man in the world to do that that's pretty well so he he ended up buying them out right like so he bought them out and then like that guy though went and started that this is the best part of the story that guy went and started jet.com which got bought out by walmart right it got bought out by walmart and he was actually working for walmart for a long time and he was like my true my mission is to like put it put it to to jeff bezos and now he's going off he's leaving jet.com inside of walmart he's going to like build his own city really Yes, that's interesting. I didn't even. I don't know. Apparently, he's going to design a city. Wow. How how is he like a is he like a billionaire? Must be. Or yeah. Like, I, don't um, know. I couldn't go start a city, so. <laughs> um, I feel like that's what a nice like middle class like electrician goes to do. <laughs> it's like start yeah. A city. <laughs> but uh, yeah, some other cr- like shady stuff that Amazon does because I also sell on Amazon and mm-hmm. I've, I've been what they, they will, they have all this data, right? They collect so much data on all these products and stuff that they sell and the, the third party sellers as well. And they like, if, if a product that is like selling, like a phrase, like selling like hotcakes and they aren't selling it yet. And they, they will like, you know, 
start to manufacture a product that's similar to that. And that's where, where Amazon basics, you know what I mean? Comes that's from. where you could actually have eBay, um, have a competitive e vote. eBay that's is actually, actually why Shopify does good, but eBay, you don't yeah. have to build your own store, but if yeah. you like Alibaba does not compete with its sellers, Amazon competes with its sellers. Mm -hmm. it now if eBay was like, Hey, we're the Amazon that doesn't compete with you. And they yeah. stick their guns on that. I actually think they do have a shot. It's I have actually heard, done really well too. I have heard that they're, I don't know if they're actually going to do this, but I've heard that eBay is thinking about doing a fulfillment by eBay thing where they're going to actually like what Amazon does, where they take in people's inventory. And because like with Amazon, you can, if you're a third party seller on Amazon, you can either sell the pro and ship the product yourself or you can send it to Amazon's warehouse and they'll they'll ship the product the product for you. And eBay is thinking about getting into that game where they will take in people's inventory and will ship it to the customer. Oh, you're making me want to start researching eBay right now. See, I actually think like if you have some of these solid companies like eBay, like everybody knows eBay. Like I bought my first paintball gun on eBay. Yeah, that yeah. was the first thing I bought. But like, and I have like sort of an attachment to it. That could be like the next game store. I mean, it could be like a turnaround story. You, you know what? Uh, I was trying to think of like uh, stocks that could like would have been pumped up by the Wall Street bets people. And def I had one on my mind that I think is, is a solid idea. But I think it has it, to have that solid story well, that they could come back. And eBay is perfect. Yeah. yeah well, well, one company that isn't, that isn't public anymore and so it's not even an option on the table but if they were still public barnes and noble because they they got bought out by a hedge fund like last year so it's not even possible but if they were still public i could totally see barnes and noble being because i actually would look at their i wouldn't want to own that well. yeah they were they were losing money for they have a no lot case of, for like but like, but like everyone loves barnes and noble right like yeah. who doesn't i love, love like getting coffee and like sitting exactly in that's what like, i do yeah do and so like yeah, no one will like give you shit for sitting in a chair for two hours and drinking your three dollar coffee. And Dude, it really sucks. I heard Starbucks is like wanting to move because of this. They're wanting to like get rid. They're like, oh, it's so nineties to like hang out and drink. Oh, really? Are they going to get out of this? Out of the? Dude, I feel like they're going to go like luck and coffee, and they're just going to well, except without being a the, company. The mall that or the um mall that's near my house actually has a Barnes Noble with a Starbucks inside and they open up another, it doesn't make any sense, another actual like Starbucks inside the mall. And so now there's like the Starbucks inside Barnes Noble and then another Starbucks in the mall. And it like- No, you don't understand. Like it does make sense because people are lazy and they don't. <laughs> like it, they'll go yeah. just into Barnes and Noble. And so people use those like those stores on the edge like they just use them. Like I go into Dick's Sporting Goods. It's attached to the South Park Mall, and then I leave. Like I don't yeah. like venture into the mall, you know. That Dick's Sporting Goods is another it sounds stock stupid, I used to I know. look at. Huh? Dick's Sporting Goods, believe it or not, is actually a stock that I bought at one point in time. And oh, you should know that. It, what's it at now? I don't even want to know. Do you know? Because <laughs> I, I think when I bought it, it was around thirty dollars. Well, it was a good uh, quarantine play because yeah, like, yeah. I, I wish I'd bought uh like oh, I might well, buy, send me one. Like, do you think anything will like do really well because of this reopening that isn't cruise lines? I'm so thinking Camping World actually. Hmm. For the summer because yeah. I think people 
like it was great for actually this past summer, but I think people are really just want to get a real, I actually, I, the biggest mistake I made was not buying Live Nation at the bottom. Live Nation is not going anywhere. I don't even know if they own those buildings. They just like manage everything so they can like, I don't think they own the buildings. Wait, what is, can you explain to me what Live Nation is again? I They run concerts. In That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, they run wow. concerts and events. So like, but I think they bought, I think they bought StubHub. Like they literally run all the ticketing for events. I don't think they actually own the amphitheaters. Okay. They, maybe they do. If they own all the assets, I might be like, yeah. It, it depends. If they're more of like a software kind of play, like ticketing and stuff. Yeah. No, I actually don't know. Um, if they actually didn't own all the buildings and they just like ran the events, mm. I, I did buy Eventbrite, which actually they do. Um, like if me and you wanted to organize like, uh, I don't know, like some type of like a music festival, we might like organize it and like we could issue tickets on Eventbrite and people could. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever? Uh, and people are going to want to be doing stuff like that when it opens up. I bet it's going to be it's going to be like the Roaring Twenties, dude. When this opens up. Yeah. Have Have you ever heard of uh, uh, this uh, this YouTube channel called Dumb Money? Mm-mm. They're like kind of new. It's like these like three guys who literally just talk about investing, and they're pretty bright guys. Like they made it from what they said they could be lying but if they're not lying they've said that they've made millions of dollars you know investing and doing various things oh they have and uh exactly and but they talk about their stock picks and stuff like that and they always have actually some pretty good ones but i feel like sometimes it can be a little pump and dumpy but so i don't actually ever buy anything but they did bring up one interesting stock recently that i have actually thought about buying in the past and it's kind of a small name and it's actually kind of a small market like smaller company, like uh, under 50 million, I think in market cap, but uh, Charles and Colvard, which is a Moissanite company. They're, they're actually based, believe it or not, in, um, in like near Dur- in um, Morrisville. Um, a, a what? Is this Moissanite. So they make like, they make like fake rings essentially. Um, fake rings? Yeah. And as, as you know, and I've actually, um, they're, they're, uh, yeah, they make like fake, what, like, like rings essentially. And so, uh, a lot of like, you know, millennials and stuff are, don't want to pay, you know, $10,000 on a re- wedding ring or whatever. And so they buy these Moissanite rings and they're like, I think their prices right now is at around $2 and 30 cents, but I, what's metal that's, it's not like gold or something. It just looks like gold. Um, yeah, Exactly. It was actually, like, I, I heard an ad the other day. I got so suckered in. It was a podcast. It was called Manly Rings. And dude, uh, he said, he said, these are rings. His was, he's like, I got mine made of tungsten. They said we have um, dinosaur bone. Like we have animal bones. We have uh, the asteroids that hit the dinosaurs. Yeah. Like they had all these different materials. They had like whiskey aged oak barrel. Like I was just like, Dang. Like that makes me want to like find some way to get married. <laughs> Just like, have a badass ring. But do they do like like interesting rings or do they just do like um uh I mean they make rings that lo- are imitation, they look like it. Yeah, exactly. They're imitation rings, but they like look the like really legit. Crab. It's like the imitation crab of uh like, exactly 
Okay. Exactly. That's delicious. Um, so but, that's yeah. that's your, uh, your that's your big stock. Yeah, that's my that's my big pick. Nah. You gotta I, um, I, you gotta type moissanite to the moon and then uh, have a rocket <laughs> ship and a frog and an ice cream cone and put it on Twitter and that that'll go to like five hundred. Oh God, man, e- Elon Musk has so much. Man, power. I love Elon, but I'm like, dude, you're gonna get in trouble, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. I. I... It, I, I guess the SEC investigating like a regulated. Uh, yeah, they can't really do anything because it's not regulated. Can we both agree that Dogecoin is a? F- oh my god! I, I, like, I'm glad I don't have a big following, but I, I think Dogecoin is a foolish investment. Yeah, the don't, founder don't. said it. The founder said it was a fake. Yeah, a fake thing. The, the guy sold all of his Dogecoin too. I think after he lost his job. Did you hear about that? The founder did. Oh, he, he, <laughs> he's like, he, I, no, I, no, he sold it so he could go make better Dogecoin technology. Oh, really? Okay. No, that was the logic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he lost I, his I job, that, I think. I but, heard yeah. that. I saw an interview with him on like, what's it? Oh, was that uh, the Asian guy that's on the Daily Show? Oh, okay. I, I can't, can't remember, remember his, his name. name. I'm sorry for calling you Asian guy. Um, but uh, there was there was some video on YouTube and it was like there was a Dogecoin Super Bowl ad and I was like no, but then there was a part in my brain that was like maybe, <laughs> maybe, and I like watched it. it was like Elon and like there's a dog like hopping on the moon and I was like no nah, this has to be bullshit like I was like somebody said there was like a a, a GameStop like. Super Bowl ad. I was like, please tell me that none of this is true. Dude, but wasn't there it's a weird Reddit? when you 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 could believe it, you know? Yeah, yeah. What? What were you saying? Wasn't wasn't there a Reddit Super Bowl ad? Like it was like literally a split second from what I, I swear. That's, I, I that's missed, actually what I heard. Yeah. But I, I I that's what yeah. Um I I think Reddit is actually thinking about going filing an IPA or something. I would like some, that. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder how profitable they are, but I've been wanting to use Clubhouse and like, uh, so I've been yeah, hearing, I keep about, hearing that. about Clubhouse. You can like chat and you can make it part of your podcast. That'd be sweet if I could like yeah. do on a podcast. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna call it Nick and Leif, and then I can get this mm. like, I don't know how it works really. I tried to download it and uh, it said we'll notify you when you. Apparently, if you're like rich and famous and stuff, you can use it right now. Yeah, but, I was gonna say like, invite only. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I listened day, to like. It's part of Elon's interview or something like that. Didn't what wasn't he on there like a couple weeks ago? Oh, he something? interviewed Vlad from uh, Robin Hood. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, did you hear uh, Dave Portnoy from uh, Oh yeah, Barstool's yeah, movie? yeah, yeah. That guy is a trip. But I'm just like, that's pretty ridiculous when we have like, yeah, just didn't like he... celebrities interviewing other celebrities. Yeah. Didn't he? He was like t- talking about. I didn't know anything about that guy until recently. He's a, he's a trip. Yeah, I I actually just found out about him like probably a I think a year ago Dave or Porter. so. Yeah, he's yeah he's. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, he's pretty funny. Well, sports um, got shut down, so he made yeah. a natural progression yeah. from gambling to game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Really, and now uh, there's a YouTube video you should look up of him with the. I was about to say the Wachowski brothers, but the Winklevoss twin. Oh, really? You know, the guys from the social yeah. network? Yep, yep. And uh, they're showing him how to buy crypto.
crypto and he's like he's like can i make dave coin and they're like uh they like rolled their eyes and he's like oh man i'm so excited because he wanted to do a pump and dump to to promote dave coin i was like oh man he really would i bet he would well you heard about his uh paper hands right he had GameStop diamond hands well he had well the the market the Twitter verse, if you will, calls him Paper Hands Dave now because he sold his GameStop way too like he he kept saying that he had Diamond Hands and then he said on Twitter one day what does like Diamond Hands mean it just means you don't like literally love. you're never gonna sell. And well, so paper, why would you never sell? I know that it's that's just, what it's the guy just, that leads the pump and dump says yeah. so that everyone else follows him and then they <laughs> he sells when he thinks the top is hit. <laughs> Well, yeah. So he sold because he got when 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 GameStop went down, kept going down and down and down. He sold because he was scared as shit, and um, he he posted on Twitter, and they were like, "Wow, you have paper hands. You don't have diamond hands." And so now he's like, "What? He's got like sugar cube hands, like with some water just poured off." Can the can the word of the year? Don't they do like a word of the year? It should be yeah, yeah. It should be diamond hands or a uh, frog ice cream cone. I, they said it was because the it, like the, a reference to the ice cream cone machine at McDonald's, which to me made perfect sense because the um, have you ever been to McDonald's and order the only thing I will eat at McDonald's anymore because I'm an adult and I eat food and they don't have food unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but the only thing they like that I'll buy is the McFlurry. Uh. And I'll go there, I'll get an Eminem McFlurry. And every single time I go there, that friggin' ice cream machine yep. is broken. Oh, yeah, it's broken. And I'm like, it's you broken. guys are like sabotaging it on purpose so you don't have to make. <laughs> yep. yep. And I guess that's what the reference they think it was or something. I don't know how you get yeah. the ice cream cone. Did it have like a Mickey D's logo on it? I think so. Yeah. That concludes part one of the two-part interview with Leif. Uh, Next week, we will be posting the other one. And uh, it was supposed to be a quick Q&A, which is why I turned into two podcasts. But uh, we get some interesting information out of it. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. And yeah, the next one, uh, we'll just kind of do some question and answer. And uh, probably cover some other stuff because we we know something crazy is going to happen in the market between now and then. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.